Listener Production. Hello and welcome to your Saturday edition of Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL over the next couple of weekends. Daisy, you and I are going to take a look at uh, some of the teams leading into the season. We'll go in alphabetical order. We'll start today with the Adelaide Crows, Brisbane Lions, Carlton and Collingwood. And we thought there's no better man to help us than this man, Jay-Z Clark, the best in the business. You're in demand, Jay-Z. We had a whole list of offers to come in and help us with this analysis of clubs, and we thought, no, we want the man, Jay-Z. So welcome. Yes, it's been great to uh, be with you, boys. i tell you what, I've been excited about some of the pre-season action, Daisy, because, Joey, you know, I'm, I'm a real glass-half-full guy. I see Cosy Pickett going to the Ooh, midfield. Yes. I saw you know, Harry Mackay kick three goals, and I think, oh, look at the Blues, and, geez, aren't the demons are right. So I've been taking heaps out of the pre-season. Joey just sort of telling me to cool my jets a little bit on the no, February don't stuff. No, do don't do it. Um, so Get excited. Be, be Interesting to see Start how we strong, clash finish over stronger. That. That's the only concern is if you burn out by round three and you gassed it. Daisy, I was more concerned about all this hype about pre-season intra-clubs oh. and training. That's what I was pulling <laughs> oh, okay. it up. And now that we can actually see yes. players and teams play against other clubs, yeah. as we've spoken about this week, that is what we're going to hang our hat on. And we've had a little glimpse of some teams so far, but I want to start with the Adelaide Crows. We'll go in alphabetical order. We spoke to Mark Rusciuto earlier in the week. Daisy, just about the Crows, and he was quite bullish without sort of, you know, definitively thinking they could play finals, but certainly he was optimistic that they could improve. Where do you see this Adelaide Crows side? Because in their last three years, they've gone three wins, seven wins, eight wins. What's a pass mark? He was optimistic and he was mainly honest, which I absolutely love from Rue. Look, I have them in that 12th through last position again, and I think that's going to be as hotly contested as it is going to be up the other end for your first through eight. Uh... You look at the sides that have improved, that didn't make finals, your Port Adelaide's have improved, Carlton again, you expect to jump in. So if those two jump in, two have to jump out. So that takes you through to 10th. Do I think Adelaide will be one of those sides that improves enough to knock off somebody like that or somebody who's falling out? I don't. Uh, I've got some real concerns about their back line. I actually, off the top of my head, apart from Duday and Smith, I couldn't tell you the makeup of that, which isn't a great thing going into a season. The most exciting thing for me is Rankin, the recruit. He could be anything. We hope that he gets a good run at it. There is some weight of expectation externally, but from what we've seen, kick five in a pracky match, he's right up for it. So the hopes and uh, dreams of that footy club are resting on a young player, which is a lot to put on, but he's an excitement machine. It was, it was a risky move from the Crows. I like it. But you have a look at that whole forward mix. I think you can extend it to that whole forward 50, Daisy, because they've got Rochelle as yep. well. You know him, Joey. He's got a big party trek. Rank, Rankin, you mentioned as well. Phil Thorpe is a, what, 202 key forward can go under the ruck. Plus, Fogarty emerged uh, last year. Tex Walker, career and McAdam's a good year. player. McAdam, you like, Joey. So I think that the, um, the, the one to watch here for the Crows will be that forward mix because that's really exciting. The big question mark for me for the Crows is that midfield. Who is the third best midfielder at Adelaide Crows? you got Rory Laird, Ben Keys, maybe Rory Sloan. After that, Joey, we know this game is won and lost in the midfield, Daisy. I just think they really struggle for depth in, in, in the midfield, and I feel like that's where they're going to be beaten in a lot of games. Yeah, from an on-field performance, you look at that. So last year, they were 16th in clearances as, as a team. Well, I think what you could tick them off. Their contest and pressure was pretty good. That's what they based yeah, their game honest. on last year. They honest gave effort. They had it. a crack. Yep. They were honest. But they need to add some nuance and some layers to their game. So Does they Dawson need to, get through there, do you think? Who's that? Dawson through the midfield? They, they don't know where the best to play him is, whether it's wing, half-forward, half-back. I think they'll just utilise him right. dependent on where they need because he really is their, their ace up their sleeve. 
I just think that for them, as you said, they, they've got to find ways to be able to maximise this net, this forward line, mm. but you've got to get enough ball in there. Yeah. Which will be inconsistent early. Yeah. Because there's a young talent still, right? There is. There's some young talent coming through. Um, as we said, we don't think they're as good as the top sort of 10, 10 or 11 teams. So I think around that 11 to 14 mark is... Probably where they're at. It's a big, important start for them. Four of their first five games are at the Adelaide Oval. So because of Gather Round, they get the opportunity to have an extra one at home. Looking forward to seeing Wayne Miller at half back. Can he provide a bit of X Factor to help that back line, Daisy? But, uh, yeah, I think it's just going to be a bit more of a, a sort of plateau year for the Adelaide Crows. And, and, and maybe they're still a year or two away from knocking on the door of a top eight. So the forward line's the strength. The midfield's a concern, as is the defence. If you're losing it out of the midfield and you don't get it a chance to go forward, that's where it could be pretty... What Not will be the big story for Adelaide this year? I think Nick's is the obvious one. He's contracted to 2024, though, guys. So I think that's the club almost saying, look, we don't think we're ready to pop just yet. So there's an extra two years on his contract. That will be a massive watch and pressure will build early. I want to take it further than that, Joey. I wonder whether the microscope will fall on the Adelaide recruiting department and some of their picks because this is a club who's, what, four or five years into their rebuild. But if you go back to 2018 and 2019, have they missed more than they, they hit? And I don't want to be the draft cringe, but I'm going to do it for this on this occasion because in <laughs> I don't two, want to be, but I will be <laughs> if I have to be. 2018, Joey, of course, off that grand final loss, they took Chase Jones and, and Ned McHenry. Yeah, they played 50 games each, but at picks nine, pick 16, have they got full bang for buck there? And in 2019, we know Fisher Mackesy, I think they had their eye on Dilla Stevens. They got the defender, pick six, and he's already gone. So I just think that rebuild, the handbrake has been pulled a little bit on that, and it will take a little bit more time to uplift. So I think sometimes we go to the coach. I think you've got to delve a little bit deeper on the Adelaide Crows this year if it is to go pear-shaped early. Yeah, well, let's just stay patient with the Adelaide Crows and see if they can gradually build up the ladder. Well, the next team that we're going to look at, Daisy, we are certainly a lot more bullish on the Brisbane Lions last year. They finished sixth in the home and away season, which was disappointing, but they beat Richmond and Melbourne in a couple mm. of terrific finals wins and then ran into a red-hot Geelong in the prelim, their last four years, prelim loss, semi-final loss, prelim loss, semi-final loss. The big question, Daisy, can they go one better in 2023? I think they can, and it's hard to improve on what they've just done, but I think you look at what they've brought into the footy club, and that's where that little bit of improvement and the next step can come from. And we speak of Dunkley and Gunston. So McStay goes out, you get a like-for-like like almost in Gunston, if not better, in my opinion, proven to do it more often. He plays third fiddle perfectly behind Hipwood and, of course, Joey Danaher up there. But Dunkley coming into that midfield. The one thing they don't do is defend enough. They've got so many stars in and around the footy that they're happy to kick 100 and hope that the opposition kick 96. A little bit of shift in that mindset that will keep the opposition to 80 and be good enough to kick a score big enough on the other side of that. I think that just holds them in good stead. Then I think come the end of the year, they'll be another team somehow that is improved like the Cats will probably touch on at some point but they'll be right up there not overly concerned about anything they look cherry ripe the Lions don't they especially up there at home they've got a good uh, home ground advantage Will Ashcroft is the other one so they're talking he's a Nick Dacos type addition and Nick Dacos has been watching McCollingwood in his second year pre-season he has been electric so when you add this absolute ready mate he's going to play round one win the rising star you'd think if he doesn't get injured so what an addition there for the Lions there's no excuses is there for the lines this year, Joey. Joey, you no, like them? Uh, absolutely. Big, There's yeah. no ex- I think we're all on the same page. Their biggest factor is whether they can defend because they were the 12th ranked defence last year without the footy in the competition. You have to be top six to win a flag. So we know that they are elite in every other category, but it's their team defence that has let them down. So they've got talent, 
But the question with Talon is, can you buy in and play a team defense that you need to have to win a flag? That's going to be on. I'm putting that on Chris Fagan. I think that's what the coach's job is. I know he's got a heap of talent. He has to get this group to want to defend and play a type of defense that will win you a premiership, not just win you a lot of home and away games and, and win you some finals. That's the challenge for me. Otherwise, I think we all agree. They're cherry ripe mm-hmm. in every other facet of the game. So only really Harris Andrews down there. I think Jack Payne maybe play fullback. Have they got enough talent in the key defensive department? Should they have gone after another one? Uh, no, they're going to have to rely on Jack Payne. Marcus Adams, obviously, they weren't sure. They didn't know that he wasn't going to play this year. But when we think about defence, don't just think about the defenders. Yep. It's as much on the midfield Correct. as you know, Daisy, and as much on the small forwards. Yep. So every good defence, you think about Geelong with Myers and Brad Close and Spargo and Neil Bullen at Melbourne. You need those players that can actually apply pressure at one end of the ground to help your defence. Mm-hmm. Who does that for Brisbane? We know Lincoln McCarthy and Charlie Cameron and uh, Cam Rayner yep. and Zach Bailey. They've all got talent but can they buy into the team defence and get Brisbane that grand final berth that I think they are, they are cherry ripe to achieve? I think no doubt they'll play in a prelim. It's whether they can get over that hump. Big story to come out of Brisbane. What if they don't make a grand yeah, final? I think Chris Fagan's the obvious one. I think this is his um, seventh season. I think he's done an incredible job, Fags, to take Brisbane from, you know, where they were in 2018, you know, at the bottom of the ladder, lifting them up. Is he the finishing coach? Is he the premiership coach? That's the question. So you talk about the game style, the match day moves, the Ross Lyon genius. That's what I think uh, will be the story that will be written in uh, 2023. Will Ashcroft also, though, I think, you know, if he wins a rising star on a counter, that will We'll create plenty of headlines, Jeremy, this year. All right, after the break, we'll move from the Lions to two of the big Melbourne powerhouse clubs, Carlton and Collingwood. You're listening to the Footy Talk Podcast. Well, we'll move across to Carlton. Daisy, one of your former clubs. This is... A big intrigue, the Blues, this year. After round 19, they were 12 and 6, and they were a game off second. And then, obviously, they lost their last four. Heartbreaking in a couple of them. They were poor in a couple. They missed finals. Is that a blessing in disguise? Because we've seen every year a team from outside the eight jump into the top four. Sometimes you get a false read if you sneak into the finals. Is missing the finals setting the Blues up for success in 2023? Yeah, I think so. I think regardless, the way it went last year, I think it would have been good for them. Finals experience, great. But missing out, I think to Essendon the year before, they limped in, then lost to the Bulldogs, and then didn't really fire a shot, didn't know where they were. I think the Blues have got a clear path that we can all see. You look across the board there, they've got strong defence down there with Weedering. You've gone through the middle, you've got Cripps, Walsh, Chera, Hewitt. That's been bolstered as well. Walsh obviously won't be there for the first part. And then the two big boys, two Coleman medalists in the last two years up there. A little bit of alliteration for you. Excitement and expectation. The excitement is what we're looking forward to most and what may be for the Blues fans. The expectation is the only thing that I think may be the query because they're expected now to take that next step. There was expectation last year when they started 8-2 and two that the, you then go on with it and they weren't quite able to. And especially late in the year, those two games should have beaten Melbourne. You sort of move on from that bar the last 10 seconds. Then the next week for it to happen again, does it get close towards the end of the year 
and those little wounds, those little scars that may not have healed properly, do they open up again? I trust their leadership, Jay-Z. I trust Michael Voss and Paddy Cripps. I I trust them. I saw them walk off the ground after that Collingwood game, leading from the front, chest up, and I thought to myself, no, they are two leaders that I would want to play under and play for, and I think that they'll handle that expectation and get to where they need to. Brownlow medalist and two Coleman medalists in the same side, surely. And it was almost an underachieving year last year for Carlton, I think, because they started 8-3. They can't underachieve again, so there will be plenty of... uh, fuel in the fire, but they're, they're, they have had some grumbles with their injuries over pre-season. Yeah, that's a concern. Haven't had a lot of continuity. I've seen McGovern off the track. I've seen Pitney off the track. Walsh is coming back. You know, kid gloves. I think they had to pull him back a little bit, Sammy Walsh. So they haven't had the continuity there, but I have watched Charlie Kernow closely. And Joey, this is where sometimes I do get a bit, a Ooh, bit too excited. Hello. But my God, Daisy, this man, <laughs> he moves like an absolute thoroughbred. He's jumping over people. He's snapping goals. He's set shot. He, he We thought he had a great year last year as the Coleman medal. But he could go to a, another level. It's a cliche, isn't it? But he he's looked unbelievable in some match simulations. So I think Charlie Kernow is certainly going to be um, an exciting story this year. And with Mackay, I don't know they've got the small forwards yet, but with Kernow and Mackay, Jack Martin and, and Silvani, they're going to kick a lot of scores this year, surely. Yeah, they are. They, they are. I think their list is cherry ripe. There's no excuses for the Blues. From regards to their football... Top four? I think they can make top four. Yeah, yeah I, I think they can. You look at their footy, where they fell away in the second half last year was actually with the ball. So they struggled to score going inside 50, which was a strength at the start of the year. So that, that's con- surprising considering the forward line they had. I, I think that they'll be uh, more efficient in that facet of the game. The rest of their game, their contest, and uh, even the way they were defending was improving as the year went on. So for me, no excuses anymore. The only thing that will stop them, I think, is injuries. I think that'll that'll eventually could take its toll, but I think they've got enough depth Start of the season, rounds one and two, they play Richmond and Geelong. If they can split them Mm. or win both, Mm. their next five after that, Daisy, they go the Giants, North Melbourne, Adelaide, St Kilda, West Coast. Mm. It's a pretty good start. It is a nice start. First two rounds could set up. Carlton, and they could be seven and one, six and one, something like that early in the season. And I think they're away. I'm pretty bullish on the Blues this Gotta year. Got to be 90,000 at the G for round one. That Thursday night clash will be one to look forward to. It's interesting, Michael Voss, you mentioned the ball movement, wanted more outside run. Ollie Holland's pick number 11, very good in match sim. I saw him the other week, so he could be a real bolter early in the Acres season. as well, they bring across. Yep. Yes. And Lockie Cowan, keep an eye on him at half back. Mm. He also might get some game time. Run. Yep. More run again. The big story in this one, we mentioned um, the injuries, obviously. I think it's been something that's crueled them. The high-performance department at the end of the year, I think they're going to t- take a real spotlight to, to that area. But Tom DeConing from a contract front, Ooh. probably the most in-demand uh, player, certainly tall player in the competition. Essendon would love him. Wouldn't secure to love him. Oh, he's such a good player, Joey. Um, so whether <laughs> Carlton can, um, can re-sign him, you'd have to take a little bit less, obviously, because it's the biggest salary cap squeeze in the game. The cap squeeze is right on at Carlton. So do they have to force out McGovern or Jack Martin or Zach Williams take less, the list management will be fascinating at the Blues. I'll keep an eye on the Blues. They will be a big story, however it goes throughout the year. As will this club, Daisy, your other former team, the Magpies. Last year, we know about their story. They finished fourth, 16 wins, six losses. They had nine wins by seven points or less. They went nine and one in games decided by seven points or less. They had a percentage of 104, which was the 10th best in the competition. But then at the same time, they pushed Geelong and Sydney within a kick to be playing off in a grand final. Amazing year. But trying to figure them out for season 2023, uh, everyone's got their own view. What's yours? Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit the same. Nine and one, you say, and then go zip and two in yeah. close games in finals, which hurts the most out of all of them. I think at the minute they just believe. 
They, what they're doing down there, Craig McRae, has them all just marching along to the same beat. And I think that is a scary enough prospect in itself. If you look at the list on a whole, yeah, they've got stars across the field, but it's probably not in the top four if we're thinking Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney, who else might be up there? Richmond, but, Geelong. Richmond, Geelong, those sort of sides. But when you play with that unit and that belief, which they demonstrated last year, and then continue that for another season, the heartbreak of those two finals losses, but also the experience they gain from that. They're not shying away from anything, and I absolutely love that. I'm so excited about Nick Dacos again. We saw it last year. He lived up to expectation. You say Charlie Kerno going to another level in his game. From all reports, this kid has been absolutely on fire, and the prospect of getting him through the midfield as well. I can't wait to see what he does. You talk about those close games. That won't happen again. If you play 10 close games, you won't be having that one-sided ledger in those ones. That's the only concern. Hopefully they've improved so they're not close games like that. They can put sides away. They can take the lessons from it. I expect them to be playing finals again and excited to what comes of it because there is, for a team that played finals, there's such a great unknown about them. Jay, no doubt story of the year last year. They were riding that cloud nine the whole way. As Daisy said, the belief, the momentum, those close wins – can they do it again this year? Yeah, I, I think um, their recruits are really fascinating. They lost Grundy. I've got, I've got them um, right back up there, Collingwood. I'm a believer. And, you know, um, with Tom Mitchell, a Brownlow medalist, coming into that engine room, they were weak in clearance at times. He helps them. But Dan McStay, he is a big one, right? And we clashed on him last year, Joey. You know you go to the supermarket, right, and you've got your normal big bananas, and then you've got the little weird finger bananas over there on the side. Now, you never, you don't, you don't want the finger bananas. You want the big bananas. Mm-hmm. Right now. I'm not Brisbane. spending a whole lot of time in fruit and veg, to be honest with you, Jay. So <laughs> Jay-Z spends go, a lot of time. Maybe go Mars bar and fun size for me, but that's fine. I like to keep it fresh, Daisy. Right. Now, Brisbane, Dan McStay was the third banana. Yep. He was starved of the footy. He was one of those little finger weird bananas, the finger bananas. Now at Collingwood, here's the main banana, that big, juicy, you know, massive banana. So I think he's going <laughs> That's for another show. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's the up late edition coming up after nine. That'll be footy talk up late with Jay-Z. He has got to get much more supply. Previously, it was my chicken Cox, which is a blue-collar forward line. Now they're going to be going to this mobile workhorse, and he has looked good over summer. So I'm excited by that. Tommy Mitchell not going to have to dominate games, get 40 possessions. Going to be a much more selfless operator in the inside the engine room. Allows Pendles to go to half-back. You look at their best 22. I thought he almost got through it without mentioning Pendles. <laughs> no, there was no chance of that. You're getting the scoops from Pendles as well, I saw on Tommy Mitchell the other day. <laughs> yeah. And Jack Ginevan, to be honest, is a blow because if he's a 40-goal forward now, he's a serious player. Bobby Hill, they've got some speed there. I'm not sure Frampton's ready for round one just yet. But I'm a buyer of the Collingwood stock where you're more of a well, you know, Joey. Well, you know, because I like to be a bit more rational, look at the stats and go a bit more <laughs> bit more pragmatic. So when you look... Well, I go to the supermarket, you go to the stats. That's right. So when you look at last year, no doubt, Collingwood, number one team in the competition without the footy. Yep. Their defence, their pressure, that's what got them where they got to. But ranked with the footy, they were 12th. Their clearance game, you mentioned, they were ranked 13th. And their contest around the ground, which is important, that's where all the ground balls are, ranked 11th. So overall, had them as the, the eighth-ranked best side. No doubt they winning the close games helped. No doubt their defence um, kept them in good stead. Are I think they need just, to improve to be able to continue to challenge around the top four and six. Um, it's going to be fascinating for me. Oh, I think I've got them just sneaking in that sort of – Bottom part of the eight, you know, around that side because I think there are three or four teams that I probably have have above. But uh, fascinating to watch the Pies this year where they can replicate last season. Was that a compliment to the Pies? Because you, we saw last year they kicked the goal after the siren. You didn't smile. Oh, yeah. You just you just got a little bit of a grudge there. Yeah, Pies fans amazing. don't miss you, Charlie. It was amazing, wasn't it? The social media when they start <laughs> filming us in the box. 
And everyone, the Collingwood supporters didn't watch every other week where we do the same. But if we didn't smile when Collingwood kicked the goal, they all thought and that we hate Collingwood. Yeah. I've been accused of uh, still you being didn't tip them at the start. I'm being salty <laughs> from 20, 2010 <laughs> still. I'm salty from twenty. I can't get over twenty ten. Leave plenty Jay, of feedback just, for Joey. No, I'm, that, I'm only that footy I talk love, underscore pod. I love the Collingwood story. I love the way they played. I hope they do it again because I reckon what they have done. This is true. Is they have changed the way other teams have thought about playing their football. Yeah. Other teams are being more aggressive with the ball. Other teams are going to take the game on. So I think we're all going to be better for it. It's always great when the Pies are winning games and the yeah. crowd are up and about and they're challenging. So as I said, I think they're going to have to you know improve um, from last year to be top four again. But um, certainly not writing them off. But it's going to be tough. They've been brave in their coaching. I love what Craig McRae is yep. like a uh, Pied Piper down there. <laughs> He plays little fiddle and they all follow him. So he's been absolutely <laughs> outstanding. The big story, I think, at Collingwood A is going to be the, the Grundy watch at Melbourne yep. to see whether they're – I mean, he could be All-Australian this year. They're, they're, he's turned heads, uh, Brody Grundy, on the track. So they've let an A-grade Ruckman go for pick 27, I think, off the top of my head. But also Jordan Ngoi. I think he explodes this year. He's been unstoppable in, over summer, match simulation on the track. I think he becomes a top-five player in the competition this year, which then will vindicate the faith of the Collingwood football club when it really could have went either way. So I think he can become an absolute superstar of the competition, Geordie Degowie, this year. Yeah, love their midfield mix. They've got so many options that can go through there yeah. now with Mitchell and Dacos and Adams. Pendles and Crisp and there's a heap of them. So yeah, the big watch the pie. is going to be fun to watch them again this season. Hey, that is the start of our analysis club by club in the season previews. Stick with us tomorrow. We'll go through Essendon. We'll have a look at Geelong, Frio, a couple of other clubs. Hope you've enjoyed today's edition of Footy Talk. You can follow us on the socials on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod, TikTok at footytalkpod. We'll be back to do it all again tomorrow with Joey, Daisy and Jay. Listener.